I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Voice First Health. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. Today, I am joined by Dr. David Metcalf, who is the director of the Mixed Emerging Technology Integration Lab. That's a little bit of a mouthful, but you can just say METAL, M-E-T-I-L, at the University of Central Florida. And he has a lab where they are experimenting, developing, researching, emerging technologies uh, in healthcare. Everything, of course, from voice, but also to blockchain. And we discuss a whole bunch of his projects here on the uh, podcast. He is an author, and he actually talks about his recently released book in blockchain. And he ties that in together to talk about how blockchain could be the back end to the front end of voice when it comes to making some real changes and providing the best possible healthcare for our patients and for our society. So I think you're really going to enjoy this uh, podcast episode. And without any further ado, let's get right into it. I want to welcome Dr. David Metcalf onto the Voice First Health podcast. Hey, David, it is a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks uh, so much for taking some time to, to join me and the listeners. Hey, Terry, thanks. It's great to be here with you. Let's start off with learning a little bit about you. I've, I've had the opportunity to meet you a couple of times now at various conferences, and uh, you're a fascinating guy, lots of great stuff going on. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I uh, run a research lab at the University of Central Florida. It's a technology development lab, and uh, it's at the Institute for Simulation and Training. Uh, the specific name is uh, called the Mixed Emerging Technology Integration Lab, or METAL for short, M-E-T-I-L. <laughs> so uh, we get to get involved in a lot of different emerging technology projects, and it's a lot of fun. A lot of things within the Internet of Things space, and particularly how you might make some of the interfaces for the public easier, like uh, using voice. How did you get into that? How did you decide to create such a lab? Well, I'd always wanted to have a lab like that, and I, I did for a while at uh, NASA, uh, too. I had the Multimedia Lab at Kennedy Space Center, that was modeled after some of the uh, labs that I really admired, like MIT's Media Lab and Nicholas Negger Ponte came and visited and uh, really gave me some good tips and thought maybe we should do the same thing at UCF within that context of emerging technology. So after I uh, spent a few years out in the corporate arena after spinning off in my NASA laboratory, I was able to come back to academia and uh, try and help other young people do what I did in life early and uh, kind of create spinoffs and understand how to take some of this emerging technology and bring it out from the public sector to the private sector. Great, great. And I know you've had a lot of success, a lot of great uh, projects that have come out of the lab. Now, as you said, we're, we're here to talk about voice and how voice is going to, at least I think, revolutionize uh, healthcare. And I'm sure, I, I think you've got some similar thoughts. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts in general about voice and why this is uh, you know, a compelling area at this time? Well, over so many projects and with so many new capabilities of the smart speaker movement and the ability to have voice capabilities integrated into so many of the devices that surround us within the Internet of Things landscape, it's just a no-brainer that this is going to make people's lives a little easier and be a more natural interface than some of the things we've asked people to do in the past with keyboards and mice and other technologies, even some of the wear, some of the wearables and some of the 
uh, phones are uh, not as easy to use as, as you can use your natural voice. Yeah, absolutely. So the voice is, as far as well, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I know a lot of the people agree, uh, voice is just like you said, the most natural way that we can communicate. So it only seems uh, it only seems natural. That's gonna that's the way the the world is going here. Now you're you're deeply involved with voice technology in your lab. I'd love to uh, have you share some of the some of the projects that you are working on and uh, highlight some of those for our listeners. Yeah, sure. Well, our voice techno uh, technology experience goes way back to almost the interactive voice response days using some of this technology with Microsoft's Salesforce to, to go and build out their whole learning capability. So you could just say whatever product you wanted to hear about over the telephone, and it would uh, give you back the information that you wanted to with natural language. And we've expanded upon that over the years, too, as new technologies like Alexa has come on board and uh, Siri and Cortana, so that we have the ability to go in and build these different uh, tool sets and apply them in new and unique ways. Some of the ways we've been able to apply them is in some of the most advanced intelligent homes for health across uh, the, the world, and uh, particularly some of those here in Florida that we've helped build, like the Lake Nona Medical City has their WIT, their wellness home built on innovation and technology, or WIT for short. And we did all of the Alexa integration work for that home to be able to go through the home and ask any question over the air. And it will tell you about why there are blue lights for antimicrobial or to tell you about the medical devices or the telehealth devices that are found throughout the home and give you sort of a concierge-based guided tour of the different health features of this unique home, as well as to control some of the things like the lighting or like some of the ambient uh, temperature or other environmental health controls that you might have throughout the home and home automation features. We even had one feature that we built in our lab that uh, allows you to also control intelligent vehicles too. So you can have kind of full autonomous control and um, interactive uh, control of some of the different features for health or for home automation throughout uh, those types of environments. Wow, that's fascinating. That's really neat. So you can the whole home is is essentially set up for for having this voice concierge. Yeah, and we did this with a number of really interesting companies too. Of course, we had baseline technology from companies like Cisco and uh, GE, and then also some of the overlay of some of the health data from Florida Blue and Guidewell, their parent company, our Blue Cross Blue Shield here in Florida, and also Johnson and Johnson and. Florida Hospital at the time, now Advent Health, have all participated in this along with a number of other specialized groups like the um, sleep labs and uh, others too. And this is all done for uh, the Lake Nona Institute too, which is a nonprofit that is trying to advance some of the state of the art in these areas. We've also been able to do this in other communities like in north of Tampa in Connected City too, with hmm. uh, along with uh, Florida Hospital or now Advent Health and uh, Phillips too. So Combining some of these technologies has been really fun and interesting, too, because you get the different ecosystems that use the, the different um, standards-based protocols that are emerging, like Hue uh, Network uh, from Philips and uh, some of the other capabilities. So that's been really fun to get to explore not just one, multiples of these intelligent homes, including the one at HIMSS that we do every year, which is called the iHome. 
right. uh, found in the Intelligent Health Pavilion with uh, Harry Pappas and other people that we know well. Right. So that's been a lot of fun over the years, too, to get to do uh, a roadshow-like tour of some of these advanced technologies and how voice is, is enabling them, too. And how do you think that type of um, scenario with these homes is going to uh, play out in the general public? Do you think that this is the way our homes are going? Or where where is the value as we go forward for the general public in this? Yeah, well, I think that it doesn't require having a, a very expensive, intelligent home as a showcase to be able to take this technology. Some of these smart speakers are as low as $25 to $50. So they are, uh, I think you've uh, had the stats before, too, that they're the fastest growing uh, market right now, too, even faster than smartphones for technology enablement. Right. So if you're looking at this, it doesn't have to cost uh, millions of dollars. Some of this capability is even integrated into the smartphones so that you don't have to buy some new unique device. These are things that if you teach people just a few things about the capabilities or free apps that are out there too, like WebMD, to be able to ask questions just over the air and not have to do a complex search, or to be able to go in and use HealthTap to get specific answers to questions. Those are some of the examples of easy-to-use tools that don't uh, cost an arm and a leg and that uh, should be available to everyone, very democratized, and not something that is just for having an expensive home. That's great. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we're starting to see that, particularly with some of the elderly population, as you sort of alluded to earlier, where it's easier for them to just speak than have to have to use a device or a keyboard or that sort of thing. So uh, I agree. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of this uh, more and more as, 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 the, as the months and the years go by here. You've got other projects as well that you've been involved in with your lab. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, sure. So some of the projects we've been involved in have not just been in the home, but also in a clinical setting too. So we had the privilege of working with some really smart doctors in the uh, cancer ward of Orlando Health. It's the Orlando Health uh, UF Cancer Center, University of Florida Cancer Center. And uh, they had this idea to put in place a social companion robot that would be able to converse with and answer questions for some of the people coming into the waiting room and into the exam rooms at their uh, ward of the, of the hospital. So hmm. the main use case for this was looking at some of the social history and having um, a, a cute little uh, engaging robot, both a physical one that was 3D printed by one of our sister laboratories, and also a virtual one, which was sort of like a hologram of the, of the robot hmm. that you could interact with by voice. So you could say, hi, Betty, and Betty would start talking to you and maybe tell you a little joke and ask you if you'd like to get some of your forms filled out in advance and ask you a few questions or guide you right into the uh, visual interface of the electronic health record, whichever was most convenient for you. So after some study, they saw some of the benefits of using this social companion robot in terms of people feeling more comfortable answering, let's frankly, some delicate questions about past drug use or sexual history or some of those types of things. There's been years of study showing that people are more comfortable telling either a machine or in this case a, a robot about this because there's no judgment. A human you might tell this to and they're going to look at you maybe a little funnier. You'd be nervous hmm. that they might think differently about you based on the answers that you give to some of these more delicate questions. 
So they were finding that they were getting better data. And uh, maybe uh, in some of those past studies, uh, more honest answers that help uh, with those determinants of health that are going to be outcomes of having that social history and that data. So those are some examples of clinical settings of use of voice, too, that have been kind of interesting to our team. That's really interesting. The whole idea of a person being more forthcoming with a robot, I find that fascinating. Is, are there certain strategies that you use in the way that the robot asks the questions to, to encourage the person to, to divulge some of this information? Yeah, there was a team of psychologists that really did their homework on what works to engage people and make them feel a little bit more at ease, too. So we had a nice, very ple- Betty is her name, had a very pleasant female uh, voice that was recorded and uh, expressed a lot of em- em- emotion and empathy within the speech patterns and also told a little uh, cutesy joke to kind of... Uh, disarm the the person a little bit too that this is uh, not a threatening situation so a lot of the things that you would choose to do about the patterns and use of voice and speech are going to be really important too to get right too if it was just a mechanized computerized voice and felt very cold and sterile that may not have the same effect as something that felt a little bit warmer and engaging that's uh, yeah that's really interesting and so where What's the status with Betty and that type of robot right now? Is that continuing to be worked on? Is that being expanded? Is it being rolled out to hospitals? Where are you at with that? Yeah, it's being expanded right now, too. There's a program called the uh, Foundry X at uh, Orlando Health that their foundation has sponsored with uh, millions of dollars of support for innovation. And uh, luckily, this team of doctors, Dr. Heidenberg and Dr. Dvorak, won one of those uh, coveted slots uh, oh, wow. for expanded investment from the hospital from their hospital system, and they're in the process of expanding that right now too. So it'll be first expanded at Orlando Health as one of their kind of signature innovations. But of course, the plan is to expand that out and have these innovations benefit other hospitals and systems and patients as well too. That's great. And the like the speech recognition and the, the technology behind it. So is that your own proprietary stuff that was developed in the lab? Or does that leverage one of the other current big companies that's doing speech? Or how does that work? Yeah. So so in uh, it's interesting because in the version that was the 3D printed, we actually used Siri technology too, because it was an Apple-based platform. But then when we used the uh, Microsoft HoloLens, uh, to do this, to emulate that same thing in a hologram of the Betty robot, we actually use Cortana. So we use the exact same recordings, the exact same speech patterns and flow diagrams of that dialogue, the dialogue flow, but within two different systems to kind of see if there were any differences. And so far, it seems like no significant difference. There's uh, still more study to be done, but that's what our early returns would show. Wow, that's great. That, that's really neat. I wish we had some of something like that here that I could just put into my clinic and help to collect some of the information and disarm some of the patients when it gets to sensitive information. I think that's great. Um, fantastic. Are there any other key uh, projects that you'd like to highlight coming out of your lab? Well, we're very interested right now in what's going on with the ability to tie in voice and games. Oh. And uh, that was one of the things that uh, you and I saw. Uh, one of the, the award winners was the X2 games. Right. And uh, I was really intrigued. That was uh, Nolan Bushnell and uh, some of his team, too, that have put together some, some games using voice. 
And I thought that was really cool. It, it really was a way to engage people socially. But we've also been looking at ways that we can engage people in their health using this uh, same techniques too. So Nolan and I have had a number of discussions and we've been uh, talking with other groups too. So right now we're in the midst of building some of these uh, games that use voice and, and voice enablement too to engage people in social play that hopefully helps with their health. One of those environments that we're doing this in is the new Center for Health and Wellbeing that's being opened in Winter Park, Florida, just north of downtown Orlando. And uh, it's a, a large complex, and we're looking at ways that we can enable both uh, voice and motion-based games in this environment, too. So uh, stay tuned. That's something that we're releasing shortly, but uh, that's one of the areas that we're pretty excited about to the potential for these different areas to grow. That's really neat. I think that's a great, great idea. Uh, sometimes I think it takes a little bit of this extrinsic motivation to get people to change one of their uh, behaviors and games uh -huh. are a really great way to do that. So, Hey, that's neat. I definitely want to stay tuned uh, for, for developments in that area. Now I know there's uh, another area that you have been looking at and that is with blockchain and how that can affect healthcare. Um, and how specifically as well that affects voice in healthcare. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, well, you know, there's kind of two trend lines going on right now in healthcare that are really exciting. One is on the front end, and that's the voice technology too for the user experience. But behind the scenes right now, some of the most powerful technology for being able to verify records and trust those records between multiple organizations is the use of blockchain. And this goes beyond Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and just financial transactions to anything that you might need to trust. The problem with some of this technology with blockchain is that it's sometimes seen as a little bit harder to use. There's multiple steps and people have to do certain things to be able to use the technology effectively. If we could pair and marry some of the best of the front-end technology of voice with the back-end power of blockchain, that's going to start to create some new use cases for us. Like, wouldn't it be great just to be able to ask a question or speak some something about uh, a technology transaction that you want to make and then have the power of the blockchain to verify that technology across multiple systems? By systems, I mean, might mean that you could just say a transaction that you want to have happen, like you want to uh, have a telehealth session, and all of a sudden it would... Uh, not only automate the process through a smart contract of, of co contacting your provider and automating that through a voice transaction, but also automate the process of your financial transaction on that being paid for by your insurance company or being able to know what your copay is, and automate the process of paying that hmm. through either a credit card or cryptocurrency, all in one easy transaction. This is the power of combining two technologies, not just blockchain by itself, not just voice by itself, but how could you have the best of the front end with the best of the back end and make that an easier and more holistic um, healthcare experience for, for people? That's what I think might be really interesting too for us and uh, keep track of that through a blockchain transaction over the course of time. So are you work specifically working on projects that are looking at that interaction now in your lab we are we're looking at some of the ways that we can do that with uh defining what some of those standards might be 
for uh, the Defense Health Agency and, uh, the, and the Navy as well, too, and seeing where we might use that for the large number of people that are doing this either in uniform or that are, uh, that are veterans, that we may want to uh, be able to help with their healthcare transactions and figure out what the future of that looks like, too. So this may still be a few years away, but of course, we're a research and development lab, so that's what we're supposed to be doing looking at how some of this technology is going to come and, and uh, how we might uh, serve those who have served us so well as some of the first people that uh, have access to some of this technology and some of the standards that will be rolled out to make this possible. Yeah, this is a, this is a quite a unique thing that um, we haven't really spoken much about on this podcast when we uh, can sort of marry the, the idea of blockchain and the voice-enabled healthcare technologies, which is, which is really fascinating. And I know that you've been looking into this quite a bit. You actually have a book that recently came out about this, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, HIMSS, uh, Health Information Management Systems Society, asked us if we would, uh, last year, if we'd write a book for release this year at their uh, global conference this February called Blockchain and Healthcare. And we had written a number of other books, too, called uh, you know, Connected Health and M-Health for HIMSS, too. So uh, it wasn't a surprise that we'd be able to pull off a book within a year. But it was uh, quite a challenge because there were so so many people doing great things in the space to both thought leaders who had been working in the past, who are also working on present cases, and also some futurists who had some big ideas about what could happen in blockchain. We wanted to make a very realistic book, though, and have a lot of real-world case studies, too. So we enlisted uh, a number of people. We had over 50 authors that uh, contributed wow. to the book, either in case studies or thought leadership and chapters, and uh, we curated a book of some of the best thinking in blockchain across a number of different areas. I like to call it blockchain for healthcare and, and then fill in the blank with some other technology like voice or like artificial intelligence or smart cities or telehealth. Hmm. And we had people write about all these different topics. Now blockchain was going to change different fundamental aspects of these other new and emerging technologies or processes and also some of the top uh, use cases in healthcare, how they might change the future of electronic health records, or how they might change the way that uh, medical licensure is verified across countries and states, or how this might uh, verify uh, uh, drug supply lines or other uh, supplies too. There's a lot of drug counterfeiting that goes on across the globe, or even things um, as advanced as how the verification of clinical research might be better enabled through blockchain. There's so many different use cases. That's why we had a 500-plus page book and over yeah. 50 contributors, too, in this area. And um, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about all the ways that blockchain is going to fundamentally change some of the more back-end processes, the things you don't see every day, but the things that could be automated in healthcare to reduce the administrative burden to increase some of the speed and the, the veracity and trust in our healthcare data and records. If we can do some of that on the back end and make our patients experience better and make uh, the whole experience safer and have better health outcomes, you know, that's, that's exciting times for any technology. And blockchain is going to be a part of that, I think. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, at Hims, yeah, I was able to have a look at that book and hold it in my hand. And it's, it's a great, great, great book. Cover a lot of information in there. How can the listeners uh, get, get a hold of one of these books if they want to go and check it out? 
Well, it's available through uh, through your favorite outlets like uh, Amazon and uh, Apple uh, iBooks too. So there's versions in in those formats, and of course you can also get it through Hymns and their uh, bookstore as well too, uh, directly. So uh, any of those uh, outlets, I'm sure would uh, would work. Great, and I'll, I'll make sure to put links to uh, to the places that people can get the books in the show notes for this for this episode. Yeah, shout out to our great co-authors too. We had. Uh, some of the other authors that we've written another blockchain uh, enabled applications book on with uh, Dr. Max Hooper and Vikram Dillon. And we also added some, some really incredible uh, co-authors and editors to this too with Alex Kahana, uh, one of the top uh, uh, bloggers on Medium on uh, healthcare and uh, blockchain. And also John Bass, one of the early, early leaders with Hashed Health and uh, some of his great uh, contacts and resources, too. So wouldn't have been possible without the, uh, the co-authors as well, too. It's been an incredible experience to work with these guys. Fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. I, like I say, I'll be sure to, uh, to share where, where the listeners can, can uh, grab a copy of the book. Um, David, thank you so much for spending some, some time here. You are involved in many incredible, uh, incredibly exciting areas of, uh, of healthcare, technology, innovation. Uh, it's wonderful to hear what you're up to and to be able to have this chance to, to catch up with you. Where can listeners go to learn more about what you and your lab and, uh, and you know all the, all the incredible things that you're involved in? Where can they go to check it out? Yeah, well, we've got a couple of places. Uh, one is uh, probably the easiest website is uh, metal.org, M-E-T-I-L.org. And that has information on some of our laboratory projects. And then as some of those projects are ready for prime time and ready to roll out to the public, uh, our investment banking uh, group, uh, which is called Merging Traffic at mergingtraffic.com, has uh, updated information on where some of those technologies are actually hitting the, uh, hitting the public too and uh, available to people. So those might be two places that would be of uh, use to people too. And Terry, I've always enjoyed uh, listening to you and, uh, some of the great things that you're involved with too. So glad to hear that you're having a lot of fun too. And maybe we'll get the chance to have some fun together as we uh, continue on in our quest to look at emerging technologies. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, again, thanks a lot, David. I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm sure the listeners will too. And uh, we'll chat again soon, uh, I'm sure. Thank you, Terry. Talk to you soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with David Metcalf. As you can see, he has a ton of stuff going on in his lab and he covers a lot of ground when it comes to emerging technologies. So if you're looking for somebody to follow that really has a pulse on all that is going on in healthcare, then uh, David might be just your guy. If you caught it, at the end there, he just alluded to maybe just hinting at perhaps a little project that David and I may just hypothetically might have going on. And uh, I'm not going to say too much about it right now, but stay tuned because if you are interested in voice and health, then uh, we've got a little surprise coming coming down the pipe here. In any case, uh, please check out the show notes for this episode. You can access all the things that David was talking about at voicefirsthealth.com slash 33. And I'm sure he would be only too delighted to hear from you. If you've got any comments for me about this episode, then feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Dr. Terry Fisher, D-R-T-E-R-I-F-I-S-H-E-R. I look forward to hearing from you and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Till then, take care.